Welcome to the DC Arts Beat, a new podcast series from the DC Commission on the Arts and Humanities. I'm your host, Jeffrey Scott. Throughout this series, we'll be bringing you news and updates from the Arts Commission, and we'll be talking with the artists and innovators who live and work right here in Washington, D.C., to learn about their latest projects and creations. As this is the inaugural episode for this new podcast series, we thought we'd kick it off with the Executive Director for the D.C. Commission on the Arts and Humanities and my boss, Dr. Haran Sarekat Brahan. Haran, good to see you, or hear you, rather. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, uh, Jeff. This is it's a, it's a high honor to be the inaugural guest. The the first guest of a the first episode of a new podcast series. Um, yes, very exciting. So, yes, uh, for those uh, who are listening who may not uh, know, uh, be as familiar with you, uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you first came to be involved with the arts. Well, my background in a formal sense, my academic training is in the humanities. I, um, I was born and raised in Ethiopia, was very involved sort of as an audience member since I was a little kid, and also by virtue of having grown up around a lot of artists, theaters, writers, musicians in Addis Ababa, um, I had sort of a, a keen sense of connection and love and sense of community that that was built up with the arts as the central point, as the central focus point. Um, and then when I finished high school, I moved to California where I did um, an undergraduate degree in um, economics and history and then went on to study history for graduate school. Um, so, but But all the while sort of keeping one foot in the arts world, uh, continuing to be involved in, in projects and publications and stagings and programs um, in the arts throughout undergrad and, and graduate school through student groups and through uh, formal means of, of uh, research as well. Um, so the arts has always been sort of the, the, you know, alongside what I was studying formally academically, it's always been a sort of through line to always having some form of an arts project in my world um, as I was working and and traveling um, to have that focus as well. Um, Later on after after school, uh, the the reason I moved to Washington, D.C. was to work at the National Museum of of African Art at the Smithsonian. I'd been involved with that museum uh, over the years as an intern, um, and then I came to work on a project uh, on Ethiopian artists around 2003, um, and and then I, st- I stayed on. Um, in terms of my involvement with the commission itself, though, that happened much later. Um, I, I was able to travel back to Ethiopia, work there um, on a at the university at first, but also on a study abroad program that involved the arts and humanities. Um, and then when I moved back to D.C., um, I was first I, I got into the D.C. government through the Office on African Art on, on African Affairs and um, became a re- reviewer for the agency. So I had a good sense of sort of what the landscape looked like and, and how grant making was happening and who the artists were and what the what the current sort of interests were of the arts community that way. So for a couple of years, uh, maybe two or three years, I served as a reviewer on the outside until the opportunity came to apply for a job. 
uh, posting here at this agency. And so that that job was uh, to be our uh, new grants director at the time. Yes, yes, it was. It was to be the senior grants officer, and I got the had the pleasure of working with the grants team very closely, learning a lot, really, in terms of the complexity of the grant making practice. I was already managing a grant at the Office on African Affairs. I was the first manager for a new community-based grant program that was launching there when I was first hired. But this was at a different scale and had a whole uh, lot of just thoughtful policy and practice behind it. So it was, uh, you know, a bit of a learning curve to to understand um, the impact of that funding and the intention behind how the grants, grant programs worked even uh, for me. So you were in that role of senior grants officer for about two or three years, I believe, right. correct? Yes, and, close to three, yeah. And so then, you know, as uh, the opportunity came for the opening for the executive director position uh, at the commission, what you know, you you were tasked by the the chair of the commission, uh, Chair Kendall, to serve as the uh, uh, interim director. Inter- right. Um, what 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 prompted you to want to go ahead and toss your hat in the ring for the for the full time gig? That is such a good question, Jeff. I um, for a long time it was not even within my view to do so. I was convinced that what I was doing was helping in this transition and helping to sort of steady the boat until a full-time permanent person came on board. I think what what really shifted things for me is, first of all, just being in the role and working for a few months and and then really being convinced in terms of our our staff, the the expertise that we had in-house and the knowledge that was there. Um, It's really sort of energized me and and I had this a different sort of understanding once I was in the role that we were the people to lead this forward there was no need really to to um, uh, try doing this all over again with a new person a new a new director that amongst us we had the knowledge to uh, be able to do more of the work that we were already doing to serve the community. And it didn't matter that it was me or anyone else, but the fact that we had a vision, a shared vision to move it forward that way um, convinced me to sort of, you know, ask the question, well, you know, why not? Why not try it and see if that works? It came from a deep sense of service, not so much anything else. And I understand sort of the the importance of the position. I understand, you know, the the sort of the status and the excitement, the, the privileges, you know, different ways that come with the position. Uh, but but my motivator really was a sense of purpose for what what can be done and a sense for, of service for what we can do together to serve the community better. Um, so that's what pushed me over the over the line and and I threw my hat in the ring. And of course we are public servants uh, as as government employees. That's at the core. Right. right. That's really at the core of what it is. And and between, you know, to me it's I'm I'm constantly even surprised that such such an a combination exists, you know, the public service and the arts piece together this way in this in this work that we do. I'm uh, I'm always, I wake up overjoyed and energized by the fact that we can do it at this scale. Our budget has grown over the years. 
you know, we, we, we are, we have deeper and deeper engagements with the community. And, uh, it feels like we're building something together, uh, in a shared way in the way that we're working. So, um, it is really, really an exciting time. Despite all the challenges, despite, you know, 2020 and everything that came with it, I feel that, um, you know, DC, the district has invested deeply in the arts and we are the custodians of that trust, both on, on the public money side of things, but also the public trust piece of it that we are positioned in a way that, that, you know, make us strong partners for, for what happens, um, in the arts in the next few years. And it's really something, um, it's a testament to our local government that for really a number of years, even mm-hmm. before, uh, the commission, uh, had received this dedicated funding through a, a dedicated tax sales tax that it has now mm-hmm. years before when our budget was solely an appropriation, even in those years, we consistently were ranked the number one of the 56 state and jurisdictional arts agencies in the country, the number one Mm -hmm. in per capita spending by the government on the arts through their arts agency. And that's incredible. Mm -hmm. And it is. And it's when you think of, I mean, of course we, we know that there's always need and, and, you know, we, we could always use more to do more, of course, but Mm -hmm. to compare it with, you know, there are some States who they don't even get except for their grant from the national endowment from the arts and then the state match. And that's kind of it. And they may be dealing Mm -hmm. with a state twice, three times the population of the district. And so Mm -hmm. they're very limited in what they can do. And plus the, the geography of, of being spread out in a real state, whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, we have the, the luxury of being, close in to each other and our neighbors and our artists. Absolutely. So it really is. It's New York for one, like all the neighboring jurisdictions. Yeah. So absolutely. Now we know that 2020 was the year for, you know, all years uh, with, <laughs> uh, with the pandemic, with uh, the, the calls for racial justice, of course. <laughs> and we know that, you know, a number of our local artists have been uh, severely impacted by those those situations. Um, what are some of your reflections? You know, we at the commission we have uh, been able to do some measure of, of grant relief funding to help, sure. and with aid from the federal government through the National Endowment for the Arts for the CARES Act. Uh, right. What are some of your reflections on 2020, and then? What are you hoping to accomplish or plans for the future going through 2021? Mm-hmm. I, I think by way of reflection, I think the the year was such a such a surreal year in 2020. So much happened that, um, you know, many of us had had very little control over. And I think for us as an agency, the fact that our budget, the sources of our budget shifting so dramatically also um, added to the uncertainty of, you know, sort of what, what is the, the, the projections did different things at different times. Sometimes they were healthy, sometimes they were not, but the, um, the actual monies collected and, and how to plan around shortfalls as they were happening was really challenging. And I think, you know, if, if we thought we had nerves of steel before that, we definitely would, would begin uh, sort of toughening up that way and being even more prudent in terms of 
how we plan. So it's really this balance between being responsive and being responsible that um, is, you know, is a balance that that we're going to have to really build into our planning. Um, I think we, um, you know, the nature of our commission and and the way that commissioners come on board with um, with the uh, with the board itself uh, that also is, a, is another piece that requires adjustment. As new members come on board, um, you know, we, we have to work closely with the commission to make sure that there's good orientation around what the issues are and, uh, you know, so that there is a unified sort of approach between the board, the agency, the staff members on the work that we're doing. Um, I think that that's, you know, given ev- all the other stresses, that too was a factor um, this time last year uh, as we were transitioning some new members on board. Um, so there are different elements to what made it challenging besides, you know, 2020 itself. But I think I have a deeper understanding, at least from where I'm standing now, what might be uh, helpful um, in making the, this year an easier year, uh, both in our internal processes, but also in terms of how we engage with the community and what we provide as resources to the community. We've talked a lot over the years, uh, I see through our strategic plans, you know, the idea of engaging outside of grant making with the community and what does that look like? Um, and so we're trying out some ideas this year around um you know, the, the different tracks to provide resources and information and uh, professional development opportunities for individuals and for arts and humanities organizations uh, that I'm excited about. Um, it, it's also worth mentioning, kind of looking forward, that we're going to be going through our own strategic planning process this year. Um, our public arts uh, plan is, master plan is is sort of in its about midway through in its formulation, we have um, consultants on board who are engaging community members around uh, what does public art look like for for us for in this in the next four or five years. Um, and so there's a lot of planning happening now that I think we'll see the fruits of that in the in the years to come, and and that makes makes me excited. But I think in general, in general, the big picture that I have in mind is that. We are the custodians of this very complex ecosystem, arts and humanities ecosystem. And in that ecosystem, our position should always be to support, you know, as many of our arts organizations and as our artists as possible to be able to thrive and survive definitely, but thrive the um, the uh, challenges that, that will keep rolling out, you know, because of the COVID aftermath um, effects. So I have a deeper sort of um, understanding and a deep, maybe even a deeper commitment to keeping that ecosystem healthy um, and listening to all different sort of stakeholders in the conversation, but making sure that there's a fair and equitable approach that everyone benefits from or as many people as possible benefit from in our uh, grant making practice. I think it's one of the the greatest things about Washington DC that I've noticed, you know, noticed when I first moved here 12 years ago and continue to be impressed by is the sheer range and and mm-hmm. variety of 
of talent and genres, artistic forms that we have from everything from, you know, from go-go to opera, to mm-hmm. abstract art, to classical theater, everything in between, mm-hmm. you know, we have it all here in this and, and of good quality too, you know, yep. nationally, yeah. internationally renowned talent mm-hmm. is here. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's, it's quite amazing that, that, it gets to support that that ecosystem, as you call it. Absolutely, and the, the 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 diversity of communities, and the even in terms of you know what has built the city, you know what has gone into which communities and which sort of groups have contributed to the building of 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 the city in general, and this this very rich you know culinary and and artistic and visual. Uh, diversity that we see through the arts it's it's absolutely astounding and you know as it relates to my own background um you know dc is is the destination it's sort of the largest ethiopian community and ethiopians being the second largest african immigrant community in the us dc is the base for a lot of ethiopians as well so uh, you know this is where people come to vacation this is where they come to and and tourists from around the world for obvious reasons you know so i there's not a day i i um that goes by that I don't appreciate the fact I can walk down the street and buy injera and berbere and, and stuff that's being flown from Addis Ababa, mind you, because Ethiopian Airlines has daily flights to, to DC. So, you know, where else could one, uh, claim this kind of, you know, diversity really honestly. So it makes me more devoted and excited about living in the city and being a part of this tapestry. Um, and then, you know, and then being, being a part of the ecosystem that allows for this to really take off the arts to really be supported and, and with public funds and to see the, the, uh, the reaches that that travels, you know, in the various art forms as well. So it's an exciting time, despite everything, it is an exciting time for, for the arts in the district. That's about all the time we have uh, for this episode, uh, boss. So we'll leave it at that. And I'm sure we'll be talking to you again on this program at some point in the future with uh, any kind of updates or anything else that you want to share with the listeners. Uh, But thank you for taking time to uh, come on and talk to us. Thank you very much. What an honor. I can't wait to to hear some some of the future podcasts that we'll be featuring as well. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the D.C. Arts Beat podcast from the D.C. Commission on the Arts and Humanities, the official arts agency for the District of Columbia. Visit us online to learn more about our programs at dcarts.dc.gov.